Welcome to this bonus episode of Once Upon a Crime. On today's episode, I'll be taking you inside CrimeCon 2019 that was held this month in New Orleans. I was honored to be invited to be part of the biggest true crime convention in existence. There were over 4,000 attendees this year. And some of the featured speakers included Christopher Darden and Tom Lang from the O.J. Simpson trial, Dr. Henry Lee, one of the world's leading forensic scientists, and attorney David Rudolph from the Staircase slash Michael Peterson trial. I was one of the featured podcasters on CrimeCon's podcast row, and Once Upon a Crime had a live show recording as well. I'll be giving you some details on both of those fun things and more. But my travels didn't end there. I then went on to New York for a quick stopover before heading up to Toronto to attend the Toronto True Crime Film Festival on June 14th and 15th. I'll give you some details about what I did there as well. So without further ado, here's my Travel Tales Summer 2019 edition. So I started out the day before CrimeCon began, which was on Thursday, June 6th. I had a stopover in Austin, Texas. There was a little bit of weather there, but it really wasn't that much of an issue. I think the delay was about 45 minutes. So I arrived Thursday evening at our hotel, which was the Hilton Riverside, which is where the convention was being held. My sister Yolanda, who you might know as my sometime co-host and also one of the two hosts of the podcast Not Perfect or Functional, Yolanda, was already there. She was meeting me there. So the only plan for that night was to meet up with some podcasters that were also coming in on Thursday night. And that evening, we met up with Erica Kelly from Southern Fried True Crime, Mike and Scott from Dark Poutine, Tyler from Minds of Madness, and we also ran into Justin from Generation Y. So we just kind of hung out for a little while down in the lobby, kind of said hello, caught up. Um, Some of us hadn't seen each other for a while since the last crime con or maybe even before. And it was just kind of a nice, relaxing evening. But we knew that we had to get back to our rooms and get ready to set up for the first day of CrimeCon, which was Friday. And we have certain hours that we have to be on Podcast Row to meet with, you know, people that are coming, listeners. Um, And CrimeCon began, I believe it was around noon um, or 1130. We had to be at Podcast Row from 12 to 1245. I mean, sorry, from 12 to 245. And when we walked in, it kind of, they're all, this is a big, huge room where there's a bunch of podcasters, everybody has their own table, um, some exhibitors. There was also the uh, merchandise tables for CrimeCon. It's a pretty large room. So I was happy to see that Erica, my friend from Southern Fried uh, True Crime, was right next to me. We were also real close to uh, the guys from Dark Poutine, who are a total hoot and fun to be around. Um, Tyler from Minds of Madness was just in the next row over. Um, kind of back up behind us. And then Stephen from Trace Evidence was also there. Um, But there was a ton. If you guys have gotten on the CrimeCon website, you would have saw the lineup of podcasters. So without warning, Date with Dateline, um, of course, the rock stars of the podcast world were there and had lines as usual out the door. Uh, Generation Y, Truth and Justice with Bob Ruff, True Crime Garage, and Rabia and Susan from Undisclosed. So those are really fun. it was a very, very busy crime con, and I did not get a chance to go around and see a, a lot that was going on while I was on podcast row because we were just so busy. We had people coming up constantly, um, you know, wanting to talk about the podcast, wanting to take pictures, grabbing some merchandise. I brought a ton of merchandise. 
to give away stickers and buttons from Once Upon a Crime and Let's Talk About True Crime. And the Let's Talk About True Crime merchandise was like uh, very popular because I got a very cute graphic made of these two little tacos um, talking into a microphone and those were a big hit. So those were going pretty quickly. Um, I actually had to keep some behind for each day. So I made sure I had some for each each day because Podcast Row is Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So because I was so busy and because I had to be on Podcast Row, there were some people there that um, were presenters at CrimeCon that I did not get to see. So I was a little bit disappointed about that. I kind of knew that was going to happen. You know, I knew that was going to happen. There were certain people that I did definitely want to see. And it looked like I was going to be able to make those. And I'll tell you about those because um, that was amazing and awesome. But on, I didn't get to see Jeff Reinick, who was um, talking about the art of interrogation. And the name of his presentation was The Art of Interrogation, A Serial Killer Confesses. And of course, as you know, from when I did the interview with him on Once Upon a Crime, he was the one that got the confession from Carrie Stainer, the Yosemite uh, serial killer. So um, I'm sure he was talking about that. And I was hoping that even though I wasn't going to be able to go to his session, that I was going to be able to run into him, but I did not because um, he was a great, uh, great interview, really nice guy um, and very, very, very interesting. So hopefully another time, maybe I'll be able to um, interview him again or maybe see him at another event, but he was there. If you haven't heard the interviews that I've done on Once Upon a Crime, they were on Once Upon a Crime originally, but I actually created another podcast feed to put the interviews on because I wanted to keep Once Upon a Crime the normal format people are used to, which is the the case, one case that's scripted and presented by me. Um, and the interviews were kind of bonus episodes, but people were kind of getting confused about that. And they were thinking that, oh, did you change your podcast or, you know, so rather than getting confused um, by anything, I figured I will just put it on another podcast because I had already titled those episodes uh, the next chapter. So now if you look up on um on you know any podcast app, the next chapter, True Crime, you will find those interviews. And I will be putting up more interviews there as well as um, I get some things booked. I have some things in the works right now. But I will let you guys know about those on Once Upon a Crime. But if you don't want to miss any, just subscribe to the next chapter. And like I said, look for the next chapter, True Crime, and you'll find it. Because there are some other ones that are called in the next chapter, but they're like book club things and um, book reviews and stuff like that. So look for that. The other person I really wanted to to meet, um, because I've had a little bit of interaction with him on Twitter in the past, was David Rudolph, um, who was the attorney from Michael Peterson and, of course, the the Staircase documentary. You guys have probably seen that. Um, and his presentation was called Behind the Staircase. I really wanted to see that, but wasn't able to, again, because I was um, otherwise engaged at CrimeCon. And I really would have liked to have met him. But here's the thing, you guys. I don't know if you know this. If you weren't able to go to CrimeCon or if you were able to go to CrimeCon but weren't able to go to all the sessions, there is something called CrimeCon Insider that you can go on CrimeCon.com and you could – it's like an annual membership. I think it's 49 bucks for the whole year. And you can get all the sessions that were recorded um, and videotaped at CrimeCon and watch those. And I'm going to do that because I really want to see the ones that I missed Um, And also what it affords you, I believe, as I was reading on it today, is also affords you like you get early bird access to things. You get early bird access um, and announcements when other events are going to be happening. And I'm going to tell you about those because there's other events coming up. CrimeCon is now starting to branch out into other events, which I think is amazing. And I think people are are really excited about that. But I'll tell you about that in a minute. 
But anyway, if you want to see the everything that was recorded and videotaped at CrimeCon, go to CrimeCon.com, look for CrimeCon Insider to join. And like I said, I believe it's $49.99 for the whole year. Um, and you get all of those recordings and all the other stuff. And you can read about all of what all that is on the website. So I'm going to do that because I, there's a, definitely some of those I want to see um, that I had to miss. Oh, the other one that I didn't get to see <laughs> was uh, Rabia and Susan from Undisclosed did the case against Adnan Syed. They they did a presentation and I really wanted to see that and I missed it. But I did see Rabia on um, Podcast Row and I was able to spend time with Susan Simpson, which I'll tell you about in a little bit here. But after my time on Podcast Row and all of that, I had to run to my room to get ready because I was doing a live show for Once Upon a Crime that night, Friday night at 6.45 um, in the podcast, what they call the podcast studio. Okay. So I got to tell you about this podcast studio thing because basically what it was is they said, okay, if you're a podcaster on Podcast Row, if you want to do a live recording of your show at CrimeCon, um, sign up uh, and, and we'll let you know if you get a spot. So this was months ago. Okay. So I thought, oh, that would be cool. I'll sign up for it. I don't know if I'm going to get it because I'm thinking they might be giving it to, you know, the bigger shows or maybe other people came first or whatever. So I went ahead and signed up for it and I thought, okay, cool. That would be fun, I guess. I'm not really sure what all that entails or how do I do it, but it, you know, I'll go ahead and sign up for it. I'm game. I'm, you know, I'm open to this stuff. Let's, let's do it. This is podcast land, right? When anything goes. So Sure enough, I got a thing back a few weeks later saying, hey, we got you a slot at the podcast studio on Friday night. Now it's like, okay, but what am I going to do? Uh, I don't do because I'm thinking a lot of times when you do a live show in front of an audience, it's going to be like you and your co-host talking about something or maybe taking questions or whatever. Well, I don't have a co-host <laughs> and I didn't know how many people were going to show up to ask questions. So I'm like, I got to plan something. I'm kind of that person where I like to plan. One of the things I did in my past was I was a teacher and um, an educator, basically. And I was always comfortable with putting together like a presentation and doing a presentation and, you know, getting in front of people and doing that. That's no problem, right? But I'm like, oh, my God, to, to think of another case apart from what I've already done and present that in front of my, now that's going to be a lot of work. I didn't have a lot of time before CrimeCon to get that prepared. But in the meantime... I had gotten a message from Tara Newell's, I believe her publicist or her agent. I think it was publicist. Tara Newell is uh, Tara from the Dirty John podcast and show or um, television show. If you probably know, she was the daughter, Deborah Newell's daughter, who becomes a big part of the story. And I don't want to give it away if you guys haven't seen it, but I think a lot of people have seen it. But anyway, so if you've seen it, you know who she is. If you don't, she's a big part of that story. So I'd gotten something from her saying, hey, Tara um, really loves your show, really loves your podcast. And I think she even mentioned um, both of them, Once Upon a Crime and Let's Talk About True Crime. Because she was saying, you know, she'd like to do something with you, um, you know, maybe come on your show or maybe be a co-host on the show. I'm assuming that's in Taco Bout. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I would love to talk to her. This, I mean, she's, she's got this great survivor story and she's, you know, a badass and I'd love to talk to her, right? But I, I knew that... She was going to be at CrimeCon. Her and her mother were going to be at CrimeCon. So I said, hey, since I'm going to be in New Orleans and they're going to be in New Orleans, why don't we do something there? As a matter of fact, I'm just waiting to hear about this podcast studio, about the time that I'm going to get it. But it would be great if I could interview them 
at the podcast studio. And and she came back. She goes, oh, my God, Tara's on board for it. She just has to check with her mother, you know, make sure it's a go, blah, blah, blah. And I said, wow, this is amazing. That would be so cool. So um, long story short, we had planned it. It was all in the works to go up until like the week before CrimeCon or just a few days before CrimeCon. And then they came back to me and they said, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. Um, they have another um, engagement that they didn't know was on their calendar at that same time. So we're not going to be able to do that. And I was like, OK, well, you know, stuff happens. So you always want to have a plan B. So plan B just happened to fall into my lap. It was so weird because apparently I had gotten a Facebook message. I don't know. It might have been even a couple of months before, at least a month before um, I saw it. And it was from Sky Borgman, who is the director of Abducted in Plain Sight, which, as you guys know, is one of the like biggest true crime documentaries of the year. And she was basically saying, hey, telling me about Abducted in Plain Sight, which I'm like, come on, like, no, who doesn't know about this, <laughs> right? So... You're like, oh, this is my film. And, you know, I'd love to, like, talk to you and maybe do an interview or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But I didn't see it because stupid Facebook did something where it stuck it in a spam folder or something. So I just had barely seen it. And then I thought, oh, my God, I wonder if she's still going to be around. Now, I also knew that they were going to be going to CrimeCon, that, the abduct that Sky, um, the director, and Jan Broberg, who was the subject of Abducted in Plain Sight, um, we're going to be at CrimeCon as well. So I quickly sent her a message and I said, hey, last minute thing, I know, but I just got, I just found your email and I'm so sorry I didn't get it before, but I see that you're going to be in, in New Orleans and I'm going to be there for CrimeCon too. I'm wondering if you guys, you'd want to do an interview um, as a live show and it's going to be at this time and blah, blah, blah. And she came back to me right away. This was Sky, the director. And she was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I will let Jan know. I'm sure she'll be, you know, thrilled to do it. So now, you know, from one, I, within a couple hours, one interview dropped off and the other one picked up. And I was like, this is amazing. Okay. But now I'm really nervous because <laughs> either way I was going to be nervous because this is something I'm going to be in front of at least a few people. Okay. But here's the other thing. So talk, going back to being at CrimeCon on Friday, Friday afternoon, I told my sister, let's go see the podcast studio. And so I know where it is and where I'm going and what I need to bring and all this stuff, because nobody really could give me a lot of information before, um, you know, what I needed to do. And I thought, well, let me just bring my laptop. Let me bring, if I need to record, I'll bring my recorder. I just don't know how this is going to work. So I said, let's go see the room and, and just check it out. So we get over there. It was like in, it was sometime that early afternoon, maybe that was that morning. And we walk in and this room is ginormous. There are 600 seats in this room. And this stage way up at the front with this long table with all these microphones on it with, you know, seven or eight chairs. And I'm like, holy crap. This is, I looked at my sister, I go, nobody's going to be here. Nobody's going to come. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yes, they will. I go, no, they will not. There is no way we're going to fill up this room. This is not going to happen. I go, oh my God. So that was like a, a millisecond of me thinking, oh man. And then I thought, yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. You know, I'm going to have the opportunity to talk to the director and the star of Abducted in Plain Sight. And that is amazing. And I'm just going to focus on that. Right. So because what I had pictured and what I, I swear to God, I remember this from. I don't know, like the first crime con that the podcast studio was like a little booth, you know, and there was a couple of people sitting in there in a chair. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I thought it was. 
and that they're like people can stand around a little bit and a couple people will stand around and watch while you're inside this booth recording this thing. I did not know it was a giant, you know, convention hall with, oh my God, you know, so I was like, this is, this is crazy. So anyway, I go back to my hotel room and I get prepared. So what am I going to ask her? What am I going to focus on um, as far as the interview? And then go back. And then I had, I had a uh, message Sky and said, Okay, so I'm ready. Here's some of the things that I'm probably going to ask you if you want to prepare. Um, and then she said, well, okay, I haven't been able to get a hold of Jan. Um, and, and so it might just be me, um, but it might be both of us. I'm not sure. And I'm like, it's fine. Either way, it's good. It's all good, right? So I get there, and I'm waiting in the back of the hall. And there was a, a podcast before me. And God love them. People, podcasters are amazing because it was a brand new podcast. And I'm so sorry. I'm not going to think of the name right now, but it's a brand new podcast. They had, you know, maybe like a dozen people in the audience, but they were up there having a great time, you know, talking to the people and that they were asking questions. And I only caught the end of it, but it seemed like, you know, really, really a fun time. People were just really enjoying it. So, but I thought, okay, that's probably what mine's going to look like. You know, there's going to be a few people in the front row and whatever. That's cool. So anyway, I'm standing back there waiting <clears throat> for the people to be done. And Jan Broberg walks in. I know Jan Broberg from the documentary. I mean, I've signed it. I can, I would know her anywhere, right? It looks just like Jan on the documentary. <laughs> so, I mean, very nice looking lady, very friendly face, smiling, you know, just, just, she's one of these people that you, you see them and you're thinking, man, this person has really good energy. Like she's just very energetic and upbeat and positive. And, and it was just right away, I felt really comfortable with her. And she's like, oh, hi, I'm Jen. I'm like, hey, you know, and whatever. And then Sky showed up right after that. And so we started getting ready to set up and everything. And I get nervous, like, when I'm anticipating it. But once I'm in front of an audience or in front of a microphone, I'm not nervous anymore. It's just second nature to me. Like I said, I've done a lot of presentations. I've done, edu you know, I've been an educator. I've been a, a counselor. I've done, you know, group things where I taught, you know, groups of parents, thing, and all kinds of stuff. So so it's cool. But I, of course, I didn't know exactly how this was going to go. I was going to talk a little bit about, about the documentary, but I wanted to do something a little bit different, and I wanted to really focus on the family dynamics. And Because one of the big questions people have if you watch Abducted in Plain Sight is, how did this happen? And what the, the next thing people will always ask is, how did the parents let this happen? Which may or may not be a fair question, but I do understand why people have that question. And so does Jan. And she was very open and honest about it. And she was so amazing. Um, she's just an awesome speaker. Sky as well. They're just very, um, I mean, I'm just in awe of these women that, you know, I get to meet in, in that do this kind of work, whether it's as a filmmaker or as an advocate or as a speaker or as a victim's rights, you know, um, advocate or something like that that they're just so amazing and their energy and their passion and their awesome speakers and just all of that. So I was just having a great time talking to them. And you guys will be able to hear the whole thing because I'm also, when I release this um, wrap-up episode, I'm also releasing that episode at the same time, which is going to be the interview episode. It's going to be called Once Upon a Crime Live, Abducted in Plain Sight. You'll see that in your feed. So you'll be able to hear the whole thing. And she was just amazing. They're both just amazing women, amazing speakers. And we had a we had a fairly good size, um, we had a fairly good size uh audience there. 
So, and my sister was in the front row and she actually video recorded it. Um, and so that was on Facebook. She put that on Facebook. You guys might've seen some of that, but you'll get the whole audio thing, um, on the feed if you did not. But one thing I did notice is that the entire time that we were talking and doing the interview, which was an, about an hour long, nobody left that room. And if you guys know conventions, like when there's multiple things going on, people kind of wander in and out. They'll come in, they'll listen to a few minutes and say, okay, I want to go over here and listen to this talk or that talk or whatever. And uh, what I noticed being at the front is that everybody stayed for the entire interview because she was just that great of a speaker. And it was just such a, it's a, it was such a great talk that we had. Um, and I think people really um, enjoyed it. And then afterwards they stayed and they talked to people that had come in the audience, you know, had come to watch and, and all that. And then they had their own session the next day where she went into more detail about some other things and did a Q and a, um, and that will be on the, um, crime con insider. If you guys want to watch that. So that was amazing. That was an amazing experience. But after that, I was like so drained because when you, I mean, like I said, I'm very energized when I'm in front of people, but once I'm done, it's, it's, you know, I'm drained. So we went back to the hotel and that night was going to be a little get together. So what had happened the first night apparently was that True Crime Garage and I believe um, Bob Ruff. So it was Nick and the captain from True Crime Garage and Bob Ruff and maybe the guys from Gen Y, I'm not sure who else, showed up at this uh, little bar around the corner from the hotel. And because they had sent a thing out saying, hey, you know, we're over here. If anybody wants to come hang out, they put it out on Twitter. Uh, which we didn't do because we were trying to get ready for the next day. But they said they were going to be back there the next night. So we said, okay, we have no plans for Friday night. And we actually even told people, we told other people, hey, we, you know, Sky, and we told uh, everybody else, hey, people are going to be down there if you want to go hang out. So we headed down to this place called the Ernst Cafe. And, you know, there was people there. It was funny because we left our hotel. And right as we were walking um, through the lobby of the hotel to head out, we saw Bob Ruff and his wife walking out at the same time. They were like a few feet in front of us. And we didn't know exactly where this place was. I had seen it on the map, but I didn't know exactly where it was. And I said, oh, there's Bob Ruff. Let's just follow him. As a matter of fact, we'll be really safe if we're walking behind Bob Ruff because <laughs> we're in NOLA and we don't know this area very well. And first of all, we won't get lost. And then if there's any shenanigans out there, Bob Ruff will be, you know, he'd be a great guy to protect you, of course, right? So we just followed him all the way. <laughs> he probably thought we were stalkers or something. Maybe he didn't even notice us. We're kind of small and short. So, um, but we walked in. Sure enough, you know, found the place. It was just a couple blocks down on the corner and walked in and pretty much everybody was there. Um, you know, of course, uh, Justin and Aaron from Generation Y were there. Um, Stephen from Trace Evidence and his friends. Uh, Nick and the Captain from True Crime Garage. Erica Kelly from Southern Fried True Crime. I mean, um, Robin from The Trail Went Cold. Anybody who was pretty much at the convention was there. So that was really cool. So we went upstairs and said hello to people, kind of made a turn around upstairs. But then my sister and I were like, you know, we need to get some food. And the, the restaurant was kind of downstairs. So we said, we're going to go down, you know, we're going to go downstairs and grab something to eat. So we walked down there. We're kind of looking for a table, looking for somebody to take our order. And Yolanda looks over, my sister looks over, and she sees Susan Simpson from Undisclosed. You guys know Susan Simpson from Undisclosed. You know her from uh, the case against Adnan Syed, from Serial. You guys know her, right? She's amazing. She's a rock star. So my sister is very friendly and she's met Susan. And we both met Susan a couple of times, but I think she talked to her more than I did um, at the last Crime Con. 
she sees Susan standing there by herself, and she's got, like, a menu in her hand. And, and my, my sister goes, Susan, Susan, are, are you here by yourself? Are, are you going to order food? And she's like, yeah, I was going to, you know, trying to find some food. And, you know, she goes, well, come, come over here. Sit with us. Don't, you know, don't eat alone. Come sit with us. So she did. So we got to have dinner with Susan Simpson, which was so cool. And she's so nice. And she's funny. And she's as energetic as you can, you know, you can tell from everything she does. And it was just really fun. So that was, so this is what CrimeCon is like, you guys. It's like, it's like kind of just a, a, a one big meet and greet. Anyone you see there, you know, from Josh Mankiewicz and Keith Morrison from Dateline to, um, you know, whoever, to Nancy Grace to whoever, you can go right up and talk to them. They're just super nice. Um, you can have these great conversations about true crime, about cases, about thing, questions you have. And people are just so, so nice. So that was fun. We got to have dinner with Susan Simpson. Um, so that was Friday night. And then we went back upstairs and kind of hung out with everybody. And I got to say this, if you guys don't know, um, it's if you guys listen to Generation Y, which was is pretty much my favorite true crime podcast, has always been, you know the personalities of Justin and Aaron. Justin seems to be more of kind of the happy-go-lucky and friendly and outgoing. And, and Aaron seems to be a little bit more analytical and maybe a little bit more serious. And And when I first met them, that's kind of what, I gathered because Justin, I got to know right away. And Aaron, it took a little bit longer to get to know. I think him and I are kind of alike personality-wise. Like, we're not super gregarious. We're not, like, going to people, hey, how's it going? You know, but, you know, if we're sitting with people, we're very, you know, engaged with people and all of that kind of stuff. But we're just not over the top, like, hey, look at me, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so what? as I got to know him... I realized he was super easy to talk to. He's very interesting. He always has opinions about things. He's he likes to like question, like, what do you think about this? Or so you know, and it, it he just does that with the whole and whoever he's around, the whole group of people will he'll he'll pull them into the conversation and get them involved in the in the conversation. It's just always a fun time to hang out with Aaron. So Aaron was there. Aaron is the guy who he gets to you know, the meetup or the bar or whatever it is. And he's the first one there and he's the last one to leave. And I have, and, and, you know, he's drinking whatever he's drinking, beer or whatever he's drinking. I've never seen that guy look drunk ever. <laughs> he's just like, he knows how to maintain so that he's just having a good time, but he's not, you know, getting out of hand or nobody has to take him home or, you know, drag him, drag him down the stairs. None of that. You know, he's just, Aaron is always Aaron. And it's, he's just really a cool guy to hang out with. Um, and Justin's fun. Justin likes to laugh and, you know, just joke around. And you'll always find Justin because he's super tall. And you just walk into the room and you look up and you'll find Justin. He's the he's the tallest guy in the room. And so, so it was really fun. We just had a good time. It, it's almost, it feels like a homecoming whenever I go to CrimeCon and I get to hang around with my um, podcaster friends and get to meet new ones. I get to meet new, new ones there. So it's just really, really, really fun. So Saturday, well, again, we had to be back at Podcast Row. And if you don't know, Podcast Row is like, you know, we ha we set up a table. I have my, you know, banner that has my logo on it. Um, I set up, you know, merchandise. People can come and take stickers and buttons and all that kind of stuff. But mainly people just want to come up and talk and say hi and see what you look like in person and uh, maybe take a picture, maybe talk about, you know, your podcast episode or whatever. So it's just really, really fun to meet everybody. But it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking and it's a loud room because there's a lot of people and a lot of tables so we're talking really loud. So if you can't tell right now, my voice is very hoarse. It's still hoarse. Um, I think part of it was from that. That was where it started. But it's also because I did an extended trip, which I'll talk about in a minute. And <clears throat> I'm in a lot of like 
canned air, you know, like hotel rooms and um, airplanes. And, you know, so I have, it's just very dry. So right now I'm drinking hot tea um, and it's 80 degrees over here <laughs> at home where I'm at. So, but it's the only thing that kind of keeps me from having a coughing fit while I'm trying to talk here. So if you bear with me, this is what's going on right now. But, you know, at least I can talk and I can share all this stuff with you guys. So anyway, back to Podcast Row on Saturday. We had to be there at 1130. Um, and we were there for, it was a short amount of time. I think it was like till 12, like, like one o'clock or something like that. Um, and before that, though, I had time to go see the Profiling Dirty John presentation, which was Tara um, and her mom, Deborah Newell. And they were in conversation with Laura Richards. Um, so that was really fun because they were talking about coercive control and how John was able to to take control over Deborah and all of those things and how that happened um, using the expertise that Laura Richards has working with victims of domestic violence and stalking and all of this stuff. So it was very, very interesting. So that was a great presentation. And then, like I said, back to Podcast Row. But then I had a little time afterwards. So this was my day because there was two things that I really wanted to see. Of course, Dateline, because Dateline, very first crime con, I know I talked about this two years ago, we met Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline. He was the only one there um, from Dateline that first year. And he was so great. And we got to hang out with him and and talk. And he's funny. If you guys have not followed him on Twitter, he's hilarious. And he's always just fun to be around. And then the next year, he brought the whole Dateline crew with him. Keith Morrison. And he, he said, I dragged everybody because I told him, you have to go to this. This is so amazing. You guys will love it. So this year, they all came back. Um, everybody except for Andrea Canning because she was just about ready to have a baby. And as I believe... She just had a baby either yesterday or today. Um, but she wasn't there, but everybody else was there. And Dennis Murphy and Keith Morrison and Josh Mankiewicz were there. So we got to watch that presentation, and they're always really entertaining and really fun. And, um, and then the other one that I wanted to see, which I got to see right after that, was Christopher Darden, who, of course, was uh, one of the prosecutors at the O.J. Simpson trial. And uh, his talk was amazing. If you guys go on Rolling Stone or rollingstone.com, and you put in a search for CrimeCon, because they did an article about CrimeCon right after it. Um, Christopher Darden's picture is on the is on the is on the cover of that of that article. Um, he was an amazing speaker. You know, he still, you know, wishes ill of O.J. Simpson. <laughs> and he talked about each person on the dream team and what he really thought of them and um, had no love for F. Lee Bailey, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and I can't even. I can't even uh, repeat what he said because it was a little bit uh, salty. But <laughs> but just know Christopher Darden is a, is a very passionate speaker. But the one thing that was um, very sobering during that presentation was at the very beginning that he reminded us that this is the 25-year anniversary of Nicole and Ron's murders. And it's amazing to think that that was 25 years ago. You know, think about how old Nicole's children are today and think about how old Ron would have been right now. Um, and if you have not found yet, it just um, started. The, it was It's a new podcast co called uh, Confronting OJ. That's Kim Goldman's podcast. She's um, going back and talking to people that were part of that and getting, she really wanted to get Ron's story out because she's super close to her brother and it was devastating to lose him in the way that she did and for the, the killer to walk free. So she decided to do this podcast, and it's really amazing. It's heart-wrenching. 
It's eye-opening. It's surprising. You will hear things you've never heard before. Um, but check that out. It's called Confronting OJ, and that's uh, Kim Goldman, um, Ron's sister's podcast. I'm, I've been listening to it, and it's it's great. So anyways, that was Christopher Darden. <clears throat> My sister, right after, she went to go meet him, do the meet and greet with him. I couldn't because I had to go back to podcast row. But she got a picture with him, which she posted on Twitter um, and got to talk to him for a second. So that was really cool. So that night, Saturday night, was our podcast, podcaster meetup that we had planned and had promoted for listeners to come meet us downstairs in the hotel at a place called the Spirits Bar, which is just the lobby bar um, in the middle of the hotel lobby. And uh, they said, you know, everybody's invited. Come on down, hang out. That's kind of what always happens every um, CrimeCon weekend is that the podcasters will do a joint meetup um, to go just hang out with the listeners. And it's usually on Saturday night, which is what we did again. It was really cool. So a lot of people showed up. Um, Stephen from Trace Evidence was there. And that's the other person you got. <laughs> if you think you know, because you listen to some of these podcasts and you think you know them, right? Because he does a very detailed, very researched a very serious podcast about, you know, a true crime podcast. But he is way more fun than you than you would probably imagine. He um, was just having a great time. We you know, spent a lot of time just hanging out with him and his friend Winter. Um, and his mom was there with him, and she was really, really sweet. Um, but it was, yeah, just talk about laughing, like, all night long. He, he's just a hoot to be around. Um, Tyler from Minds of Madness was there who I've gotten to know over the years, and he's just a, a, real, a real sweetie. Unfortunately, Beck couldn't be there this time. His, you know, you know Beck from Minds of Madness as well. His wife, she's, she's really cool too, but she wasn't there this time, so he was there. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron was there, always with the, um, always holding court with, at some table, you know, one table or another. He would kind of mingle around and pick up people here and there and kind of have these conversations and and talk. Um, you could go walk up and you can join right in. You know, uh, it could be anything. He might be talking about philosophy or, uh, you know, something about, you know, a court case or just sports or it could be anything. And he's he's there, you know, pontificating and everybody's kind of joining in, in a really fun conversation. So that was cool. Um, Erica from Southern Fried, we, we hung out with Erica the whole weekend. Um, she's really cool. And she's one um, like me. It's like, hey, you know, let's go hang out at the bar and have a drink or have a glass of wine. And she's always up for it. So she's really cool to hang out with. Robin Warder was there. Um, I don't know if you guys know Aurelia, but she's I met her years ago before when I was a baby podcaster. She was a blogger. Um, you might see her on Twitter, but she's always at CrimeCon. She knows everybody. Um, she's been on Missing Maura Murray as a guest. I mean, she's 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 around the true crime community. Everybody knows Aurelia. So she was there. We got to hang out with her. So I can't even remember everybody who was there, you guys. It was just, you know, a whole group of people and just really, really fun. So that, that you know, again, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep, put it that way, <laughs> at Crime Gone because I was in a different time zone anyway. Um, so to me, it seemed earlier. So I'd stay up. And I think maybe I got three or four hours of sleep a night um, every night I was there. So I figured, eh, I'll sleep when I'm on the airplane, whatever. Right now, I'm just going to have a good time and have time to talk to everybody and just, you know, hang out. So Sunday morning, what I was really looking forward to Sunday morning was Dr. Henry Lee did a presentation. As you know, he's been an expert uh, witness for um, many, many high-profile trials. Um, JonBenet Ramsey, O.J. Simpson, um, Chandra Levy, 
I mean, on and on and on. And he was, again, not what I expected. He's hilarious. He's so funny. <laughs> he just like, just the way he presents things, just kind of matter of fact, but then he'll throw in a little thing there that you weren't expecting. Like he was talking about how he was called to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. So he's talking about that and he says, okay, like, you know, the, the, the he shows these slides and he said, the you know, like kind of the mock-up of, you know, how he was shot and, he, you know, the whole controversy about the bullet, how they say it, it shot Kennedy, it came out this way, it turned 90 degrees, it hit um, uh, Governor Wallace, and then it hurt another 90 degrees and then it hit him in the thigh and all this stuff. And then he said, oh, here's the question. He goes, can a bullet change position 90 degrees, tra change trajectory 90 degrees twice. And of course, everybody's like, some people are like, oh, you know, you can hear the audience kind of murmuring or whatever. And he goes, some of you say no. Some of you say yes. Some of you don't give a shit. <laughs> like, and the room just erupted. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. That's all. I mean, just things like that. He did all the time. He, every time, you know, in his presentation, he would just throw in these little, you know, funny asides and little comments. So he was hilarious. But very, um, so I got to stay for about half of that. And it was when he was talking about, you know, kind of his career and the cases that he'd been on and stuff. And then the second half was more about um, the new techniques in, um, in forensics now, in forensic, um, you know, science. So um, I didn't get to hear that part, but because I had to go back to crime, con I had to go back to podcast row. And, and that was a little bit a quieter day. It was on Sunday where there was a little bit less people. There was still, you know, a steady stream of people. So I was able to talk to um, Mike Morford from Criminology. We had seen each other a couple of times, you know, on other events and things, but never really had a chance to talk. Super nice guy. Super, super nice, which I knew. I knew he was a nice guy. But um, And we actually um, talked about having him come on, uh, let's talk about true crime, and do um, he could be the guest host because people love Morph. And um, I think we can find something that he would be interested in uh, guest hosting with me on. Yeah, there was just so, so many people, like I said, I even talked about date, a date with Dateline was there. Um, Sheila Wysocki was there at um, Podcast Row. Um, gosh, I can't even remember. There were so many um, great podcasts there. So that was really, really fun. So what you need to know about the next CrimeCon, it's May 1st through 3rd. They announce it um, at CrimeCon every year. They announce the next location. So it's going to be May 1st through 3rd, um, 2020 in Orlando, Florida. So I will have to go across the country again <laughs> to attend, but that's okay. Um, but here's some other things. There's a CrimeCon cruise coming up. Now, they haven't announced the information about that yet, but it's supposed to come out really soon. Um, and again, go on uh, CrimeCon.com or become a CrimeCon insider, and you'll be getting that information first. So, um, so that's going to be really cool. I, you know, that I'd be a little tempted to do that. I would love to go and be a part of it. Um, so I would love to be able to go on a cruise and do a presentation, um, with somebody or a panel or something. I don't know exactly what they're doing. I don't know what the agenda is. I don't know if it's already, you know, all put together, but you know, if it is an, if there is an opportunity or whatever, that would be amazing. So I would definitely want to do that. And I believe it's to the Bahamas, if I'm not mistaken. It probably is. So this whole time we were there pretty much, except for the time we went to the bar to go, you know, hang out with the other podcasters and listeners that was down the street, we had been inside the hotel. So the last day we were going to be there was on Monday. And we said, let's, let's get out of this hotel. Let's go, you know, do something. 
actually be in New Orleans would be nice, right? So I just looked on my map and said, oh, here's some stuff down. And it's hot, dude. And so I'm like, not going to, it's really hot. So I'm not going to walk like miles and miles, but let's find something close. Let's do a little, you know, a little walk. And we found this little place called Mother's, which is just like this. It's been there, I guess, forever, this little place. They have po'boy sandwiches with, and they make, you know, bake their own meat. Oh my God, you guys, this was like the best thing I'd eaten in a long time. It was amazing. So that's the thing about NOLA. Like there's so much good food and you know, so you don't want to just like be eaten in a hotel room. I basically was eating like granola bars and protein bars and so because we just didn't have time. But so that kind of redeemed it um, to go and have that. And then we just kind of walked, walked around a little bit and then walked back. Um, but then that night we were able to meet up with Erica Kelly, who was going to be there for one more night to and she wanted to go um, have some oysters. And so we went down to this place on Bourbon Street. So, of course, I don't think she'd been on Bur- Bourbon Street or maybe she had, but she didn't remember that how crazy and loud it is. <laughs> so we didn't have, we weren't able to, I mean, we weren't able to have like a, a, you know, a whole conversation while we're, you know, having dinner. But um, but it was really still really fun. We walked down um, Bourbon Street for a while. And I said, you know, you really, if you want to, you really need to get off Bourbon Street. <laughs> I said, if we go like two or three blocks down, there's Royal. And you guys know, if you guys know NOLA, you know Royal, which is a really cool street. There's a lot of entertainment, on, you know, out there, too, on the corners. And people playing live music. There's lots of galleries and art and antique stores um, and shops and bars and restaurants and everything else, too. But it's just a little quieter than Bourbon Street. So we walked down Royal for a while and got to see some really great entertainers. And then I said, well, OK, at this point, we need to go find an Uber to get back to our hotel and um, she needed to get back to her Airbnb. So we were just real close to the Hotel Monteleon. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I can't say that word. But you guys know. It's the one that has the carousel bar inside. Um, it's a very historic hotel. Everybody knows the carousel bar. I had been there before when I had been to NOLA about five years ago. Um, I said, oh, my God, you guys, have you been in here? And they said, no. And I said, well, you got to at least see the carousel bar. So we walked in there and... Uh, kind of cooled off for a little bit because it was still a little hot. It was evening, but it's still a little warm. So, you know, got to check that out and then went back outside and grabbed Ubers and said goodbye. And and uh, then we were off. So that was my time in NOLA, um, which was really cool. My sister then headed home back to Texas, where she's from, and I headed to New York. So my New York was basically going to be a stopover because that first weekend was CrimeCon. The next weekend, the Toronto True Crime Film Festival was being held. Um, and I wanted to go to that. But I said, oh, instead of, you know, flying home and then having to repack, and all, let me just figure out something so that I can just, I knew I could find something to do, guys. So I love New York. I hadn't been there in a long time. I figured, let's, let, let me have a little stop over in New York. So I just, you know, got there and <clears throat> got into my hotel. And I had booked a room at the Algonquin Hotel. If you guys know, it's a very historic hotel. It's where the round table, the writers group, Dorothy Parker, all of those, you know, people hung out. I've always wanted to see it. It was really nice. Very small rooms, but nice. Um, of course, it's New York, so most of the rooms are small. I'm used to that. But my thing is when I go somewhere, I like to go just be and like, check out the neighborhoods. Just check out the, the off the beaten path kind of thing. I've already done, for most places I've gone, I've already done like the, the touristy things, right? And so I like to go find the things that maybe you don't necessarily see. 
So I thought, well, let me do that. And also, <laughs> I needed to find some place to wash clothes because I couldn't take my entire wardrobe. And I had been in NOLA already for I don't know how many days. Um, and then by the time I got to New York, it's like, okay, I need to you know get some clothes washed. So I'm thinking, let me do the New Yorker experience, right? You get your clothes. You go to a a, um, a laundry like service place. So on, if you don't know this in New York, there's different things. There's dry cleaners, of course, and laundromats and this. But there's also a thing that's half laundromat and half laundry service. So you could either go wash your own clothes in the machines or you can drop off your clothes and they weigh it and you you pay a certain amount per pound and you leave it for about three or four hours. You come back and it's washed, dried, and folded, right? I thought that's that's I'm all I'm all over that. I wish we had that here in California. That I've never heard of it, but but you know, you live in the city, you've got to look for things like that, right? You got to figure these things out. So, so I went and did that. But I found a place and basically down on Ninth Avenue in the Hell's Kitchen area, and I'm like, oh, cool. I have never been down to Hell's Kitchen. I was wanted to go there. I know it's been renovated and there's a lot of cool stuff down there. And you know, let me go check it out. And so I did that. I walked. You know, is a little bit of a walk, but it was fun because I had to see all the neighborhood, right? So I go down there and uh, drop off my laundry, pretend like I know what I'm doing. And I said this on, I did a Facebook Live that night, if you guys saw it. It's still up, I think, on uh, the Facebook, Once Upon a Crime Facebook page, um, where I said that. People say, oh, because when I was talking, people were saying, oh, you know, be careful. You're in the city. You're by yourself. And I said, yeah, I, I mean, I am always careful, of course. Um, but one thing I've learned um, having traveled around and living in cities and all this stuff is, first of all, you always pretend like you know where you're going. You never look like you don't know where you're going or what you're doing. You always look purposeful. You walk purposefully. You're if you if you don't know where you're going, duck you into somewhere, then look at your phone or your map or whatever. But don't do it right out in the middle of the street. People's like, oh, there's you know some idiot who doesn't know where she is. Um, so. So, yeah, so I just, you know, pretended like I knew what I was doing. I got my uh, little wheelie bag and I put my laundry in there and I went down and found this place and dropped it off. And they said, hey, come back in four hours. I'm like, cool. And I said, okay, it's still morning. So let me walk around the corner here. And there was a place called Gotham West Market, which is this big, it's almost like an indoor food court um, right in the middle kind of of Hell's Kitchen where they have, you know, like, you know, you go in there, you can get tacos, you can get bagels, you can get all these different, like, people serving pizza and one, uh, one area, there's like all these different little restaurants inside. So, um, and I just went in to get coffee and it has these big windows so you can kind of look out and I could see the Intrepid, uh, the Intrepid, um, you know, the, the aircraft carrier that's like a block away right there at the, at the Harbor. Um, so, and I was going to walk down there and see it, but I thought I'm not going to go on the tour. I'm not going to go in the museum. So I'd just be looking at, it. I can see it from here. Um, plus it was, so windy. I was like, I was walking like, like you're walking into a wind machine. I'm kind of like, it's kind of pulling you back. It was that windy. It was super windy. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. I'll I'll just, you know, I like to watch. I can see it from here. Harbor looks great, whatever. Have my coffee and then I'll, I'll head back. Started walking back this, you know, Hell's Kitchen neighborhood and like a block or two over there's called Restaurant Row. They have all these restaurants and little, you know, great little places to go eat dinner and all of this stuff. But I was interested in a little tiny dive talk, uh, taco place. It was, a, it was called uh, Oaxaca Taqueria. And, um, and it's just a little tiny place with like one little counter that you walk in, you order your tacos, and oh my God, so good. So, <laughs> so that was my little stop off to have some tacos, of course. You got to have authentic tacos wherever you go. 
So that was really fun. Um, and then I came back to the hotel and did my Facebook Live. So you guys can watch all that and get all the those inf- those details if you want to see that. Um, and I had I had put a thing out. I knew I was staying at the Algonquin, and it has a really great lobby, and it has a really great little bar right attached to it called the Blue Bar. And I said, well, you know, I'll just put it out there. Hey, if anybody's in the city, I know it's a Tuesday night. If you want to come, um, I'll be here. I'll be down in the lobby bar. You know, we'll hang out if you want, whatever. Um, it's New York. Now, if I look at my podcast stats, I can see that my my biggest um, audience is located in Los Angeles. Like the, the biggest number of people that listen to the show is located in Los Angeles. The second biggest number of people that listen to the show is New York City, which makes sense. They're big cities, right? A lot of people. So I thought, okay, got a lot of listeners in New York City. Throw it out. Maybe people want to come come out, look for an hour or whatever, say hello and just hang out. I'm not doing anything. It's no big deal. And uh, nobody showed. <laughs> so, and this is the funny thing about that. I, I mean, this is kind of what it is with meetups. It's like sometimes people show up, sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's a couple, which is great. I can sit and talk to two people for, you know, a few, a couple hours. I'm happy to do that. It's just a really fun time. But um, I'm constantly getting messages from people um, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, emails, you know, saying, hey, come here, come here. When are you going to come to Seattle? When are you going to come to Arizona? When are you going to come to Chicago? When are you going to do a meetup in um, you know, whatever, right? Atlanta. And believe me, I'd love to do all that. I would love to do that. But I know that for people to actually come out after their day at work or even on a weekend to make a trip out to go just, I don't know, look at my face. <laughs> I know it's not necessarily going to happen. So I, I mean, I know this. Um, usually what we'll do is if we'll do like a few podcasters together, maybe there's, there'll be a few more people that'll show up. But even that sometimes it's just a handful, which is fine. It's cool. It's, it works out fine. So that's why I don't put a lot of energy or time into planning those kind of things, because I know that they're not as well attended as you might think. So instead, I was thinking, so what I ended up doing is I'm sitting down there and I get on my computer and I'm kind of doing like, you know, chatting with people. Um, so I'm still meeting with listeners, but just virtually, which I could do from anywhere, right? Though that was okay. Um, and I was on like uh, Dark Topics uh, Facebook group. If you guys have not gone onto their Facebook group, it's hilarious. So I was kind of chatting with those people as well. Um, and just having, I was having my hot tea because my voice was just like crazy, you know, sore. Um, uh, my throat was just crazy, crazy sore at that point. So it was fine. You know, it was good. But so what I've decided though, at least in the near future, is what I'm going to do is when I do have something, it's going to be more of an event than just a meetup. So it'll be, um, you're going to come out. <clears throat> it's probably going to be a ticketed event. You might just, you know, just a couple bucks. It's not going to cost much. But just so we know and we can plan for who's coming and do a presentation. Either I'm going to present a, a case. Uh, it's going to be a Q&A. It's going to be, um, you know, something like that where I'm actually going to be doing something in front of a group of people that has to do with the podcast or with true crime. And I actually have one scheduled, and you'll be getting that inf- that information uh, pretty quickly here as soon as we've confirmed everything, which, which should be the next next week or so. Um, but it'll be here in my hometown. I live in San Jose. Uh, Campbell is the next little town over, and Campbell is actually where I record from. It's going to be at a store, a really cool, like a, a retro vintage store. 
that's here in Campbell and has been around for a long time here and people in the community know them. But she said that she talks to true crime fans all the time and she thought it would be really fun to do something at the store. And I said, yeah, that would be amazing. I love to, you know, so we're, I'm actually going to be presenting a true crime case um, and it's going to be kind of a little like a wine and cheese event and she's going to have some, you know, sales and things going on. But I will be giving you all that information real, real soon here. If you're in the area, if you want to come down, because it's going to be limited to the number of people who can come because of the space. So you're going to have to get your tickets um, right away. Um, but I think we're going <clears> to, <throat> for actually, the actual presentation will be ticketed and you'll have to, you know, only so many seats. But what I'm going to try to do is afterwards, um, anybody could come after. So we'll give a time for afterwards. People want to come, come to the store, check it out, come meet me, grab some Once Upon a Crime merch. You know, I'll be there for a little bit afterwards, even if you couldn't get a ticket to the presentation. So, but like I said, I'll be giving you that. But that, that's what I'm going to look at is doing some more um, events like that um, in the future. So I had my next day and got to take another walk through Central Park and to the, around the lake. And, and that night I went to see Beetlejuice um, on Broadway, which was amazing. If you guys haven't seen it, it's, it's one. I love that movie. I mean, it's such a crazy movie. I've, I mean, it makes sense, right, that I would love that movie. But, um, you know, it's about death. And, <laughs> but it is in a, in a fantastical kind of way and, and a humor and all of that music. But it was amazing. The sets were amazing. The music was great. It was so fun. So if you have, if you get a chance to see that uh, production, definitely do because it was really, really good. Um, and then I was on my way the next day <clears throat> to Toronto, and I actually took the train up from Penn Station in New York to Toronto, which was like a whole day thing. But it gave me a chance to just sit and relax and not have to do anything. Once I got on the train, you're just on the train. Um, so that was kind of cool, kind of relaxing and. Um, just kind of had a little break there. So I got there Thursday night, and that was the finals of the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors, right? That was the, the final game that would possibly end the series if Toronto won, which, no spoiler alert here, you guys know that Toronto won. And I happened, <laughs> and I'm from California, so of course Golden State is our team. But I was kind of laying low on that because I was in their town, right? So I'm not going to be like, hey, where am I color? No, okay, I'm in their town. It's cool. I was downstairs <clears throat> in the restaurant where they had the big screens and was watching it and stuff. And towards the last few minutes, I could tell which way it was going, especially after Clay had his tumble. I thought, oh, Lord. So then it was like, okay, I'm going upstairs. <laughs> I am not going to be down here when all hell breaks loose because these people are going to like lose their shit as soon as these guys win. Right. Which of, of course they, sh as they should. Right. So I went upstairs, I was on the 42nd floor and that's something else you can see on Facebook. I had a video of below. I was on the 42nd floor and I could hear people cheering from the street below. Right. Um, just huge cheers, tons of people on the street. So I got to see all that from my hotel window, which was really cool. So that was fun. And then the next day, went to the film festival. That was the first day of the Toronto True Crime Film Festival. The first film is called was called Bebe. So the documentary is about a person, a woman named Bebe Shui, who was a Chinese immigrant um, to the United States who was living in Indianapolis. And she was here going to school and working, um, was in a relationship with an older man, became pregnant. And after she became pregnant, he uh, basically abandoned her. And when she couldn't convince him to to reconcile with her and, you know, or just be there for the baby, 
she attempted suicide by um, ingesting rat poison. And she went into labor. And the baby was delivered but died um, the next day. And she recovered. But then the state of Indiana decided to charge her with murder and attempted feticide um, for the death of the baby. So this documentary goes into the details of that case, which is fascinating because there's so many um, there's so many elements to it. This kind of goes into the trial and how they were trying to defend her. Um, but it's a very interesting case that I had never heard about. I'm sure if you're from Indianapolis, you probably have because it sounded like it was a big story there. But yeah, so that was the the opening documentary, <clears throat> which I think when it comes out, you guys should watch. It's very, very, um, it's very thought provoking, I think, at least, and very well done. The other film that I was really looking forward to seeing, um, and I only we only got to see a little bit of it because it's still in post-production, was called Theodore. And it's a documentary about Ted Bundy. And before you guys go, oh, no, not another Ted Bundy documentary. This one's very different because, first of all, it's the first documentary about Ted Bundy that was that's directed by a woman. Uh, Celine Beth Calderon is the um, director, and she is from Utah. And she had heard all her life growing up all of these Ted Bundy stories. People, oh, yeah, Ted Bundy, you know, because, of course, in Utah, it was one of the places where he was caught and that's where he escaped from. And, you know, some of the crimes had happened there. And she wanted to get the real story. But she wanted to get the story from the perspective of the victims and the family. So basically the aftermath of Ted Bundy's crimes. So I went to go watch that, you know, the, the clip from it. And it looks like it's going to be really good. And it's also going to be a series. It's like a six-part. She really got to talk to some people that nobody has talked to before, um, or at least not on camera. So one of them, if you guys just saw that, I don't know why they named it so difficult to to remember, that shockingly evil, vile, whatever (laughs) on Netflix about Ted Bundy. Well, of course, that's all about Liz, which was his girlfriend, his long-term girlfriend, on this documentary, Theodore, she has a, a, an extensive interview with Liz's best friend. She's the woman who was her friend who was with her the night that they got, went into that bar and met Ted Bundy. So um, that was her best friend. So not only did she meet Ted Bundy at the same time that Liz did, but she spent a lot of time with them as a couple because they had been a couple for quite a while and this was Liz's best friend. So she had never wanted to you know, be filmed and, and tell the story or whatever. But she, um, the, Celine was able to get her to, to get on camera and talk about all of these stories that she has about the real Ted Bundy. And that's just one. There's like, a, there's a bunch of other um, interviews and, and stories of people who I think you'll be surprised at some of the, some of the information that you get from that. I'm really excited to see it when it comes out. And she said it should be by the end of the year. Um, I also got to meet her, and she listens to Once Upon a Crime because she was a My Favorite Murder uh, listener, and she heard about my podcast on that show. So she's been listening. So she knew who I was, which was really cool. So, um, but yeah, but I'll be in touch with her because I'm definitely going to want to have her on once it's released so we can, you know, do an interview with her and let you guys know about um, that documentary. My last night in Toronto, you know, I told people, hey, I'm going to be in Toronto and one of the people who said, hey, I can, I can, I'm not too far from there. I can go hang out was Leroy from Dark Topic. If you know Dark Topic, that's Jack Luna's uh, podcast. His brother Leroy is a sometimes co-host. And he also co-hosts with him um, on his Patreon episodes. So um, if you haven't listened to Dark, I know I've talked about this probably before. 
or maybe I just talked about it on Patreon. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the regular feed, but Dark Topic is an amazing podcast. It's he does such a great job um, of telling these stories, and he's got such a unique voice as far as the way he tells a story. The way he's he's a great writer. His presentation is amazing. There's some humor in there. It's a little edgy. Um, but check out Dark Topic. Um, you guys will love it. I mean, know you will. And tell him I sent you. No. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, but Jack lives really far away from where I from Toronto. But his brother Leroy lives not too far. So he was kind enough to, um, you know, take a train in or something and come into town and come and hang out. So that was really fun. And we just hung out. We hung out all night, you know, talking true crime, talking podcasting. It was just really, really fun. So, but again, we threw it out to people, said, hey, we're going to be there. It was kind of a last minute thing, though, because we did throw it out way early. Um, it was just something we put out on social media, like maybe the week before or something. So, um, but anyway, that was really, really fun. And Leroy is is hilarious. He's he's just really fun to be around. And, um, but check out Dark Topic. You'll get a sense of him Here's the thing about Dark Topic. You can go on their Patreon and get all of those extra shows that they, they co-host together, which are really fun because they do things like uh, serial killer trivia and they'll do like um, just these little aside things that are happening in the true crime world and stuff. It's a really, really well done. Um, but Jack Luna is now on Himalaya, <clears throat> which is a podcast network app. Um, his show is now on Himalaya. So if you get the Himalaya app, you can actually become a premium member on Himalaya. Now, I'm not doing it. sounds like I'm doing a commercial. I'm not. I'm just telling you that you can get these extra um, episodes when you go, which is really cool what Himalaya has is this app. It's kind of like a, a mixture between a regular podcast app and a Patreon. So you can actually pay the $4.99 or whatever and get all of also all of the extra content that they have for put on Patreon So and are continuing to put on um, as premium episodes, which is really cool. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was really kind of kind of neat. So you can listen to him and Leroy on all the extra episodes, too, if you do that. So that's that. But anyway, that was really fun. So then I went home, or I tried to go home. <laughs> I tried to go home the next day, got as far as Dallas, Texas, and there was tornadoes touching down. So the airport closed. So we didn't get to go to Dallas, Texas, um, because that was my uh, connecting flight to San Jose. So we actually end up going to Arkansas, which... I'd never been to Arkansas. So I got to go to Arkansas's um, airport, which was very nice. People were very nice. Um, was there for about an hour and a half and got back on the plane, went back to Dallas, were able to land, but now we had no connecting flight because it had been canceled. And of course, everything else is booked. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. So um, what ended up happening is I said, okay, let's just book because Ameri- we were on American Airlines. Everything was gone for like two days. So... I said, let's just get a Southwest flight out of the next um, airport over and let's just stay the night here um, and get on that plane the next the next night. Right. So that's what we ended up doing. But the cool thing was, is my sister lives not too far from there. So she was able to come into town, pick us up, go have lunch, hang out for a while until she took us to the airport later that evening. So so I got to see her one more time and uh, actually spend her birthday with her because uh, that Monday, June 17th, was her birthday. So happy birthday. (laughs) So I bought her lunch. Okay. Um, So that was really fun. I was supposed to get home on Sunday, Father's Day at 6. And I got home on Monday at midnight. So so this is why everything is a little bit pushed off. Um, But the regular episode should be coming out as normal on Monday. Um, At least that's the goal. And I'm pretty sure I'll be able to do that. So 
that's the la- that will be the last. And that'll be the last episode of the Twin Terrors um, series that I'm doing for June. And then the new series will start uh, July 1st. So you'll have a whole new batch of episodes coming out in July. Just a reminder, if you haven't listened to Let's Taco About True Crime, it's T-A-C-O, About True Crime, um, check it out. We have five episodes up so far. We've covered some really cool stuff from the Lorena Bobbitt documentary to Abducted in Plain Sight to um, the Michael Jackson, um, the, Leave, uh, the Leaving Neverland documentary. And I've had a really cool co-host every time. So, so you guys might want to check that out. It's really fun. And I have some upcoming episodes on that coming out. Um, wasn't able to do any in June because of CrimeCon and also because there was a, a fa- little bit of a family emergency that was kind of taking me away from the extra work that I normally would be doing. Um, but it's don't fear, it's not gone. It's coming back. And I've got lots of great guests that I'm already starting to talk to um, to be co-hosts. So that's going to be really fun. And some of the things that we might cover in Talk About so some of the podcasts that I've been listening to that I want to talk about is The Root of Evil, which is the Black Dahlia-George Hodel connection, um, which was a really interesting podcast if you guys haven't heard that one. And the one I just started listening to and I'm already all caught up with is the Confronting O.J. Simpson podcast, which I talked about earlier, Kim Goldman's podcast, which is really good. So I've been listening to that. I definitely want to talk with somebody about that one. And I think I want to talk a little bit about Simpson coming back to Returning to the public eye, he just got on Twitter and did a Father's Day message, which, uh, you know, you can say a lot about that, and uh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> so that would be something we'll be talking about, I'm sure. Other things I'd like to cover on Talk About is um, some documentaries. There's one called Killer Ratings. Um, that's a documentary on Netflix that looks really interesting. And I saw this, it was an older documentary that I saw on... I believe it was on Hulu, and it's called The Family I Had, which, oh my God, I do not know why I didn't hear about that documentary before, because talk about a jaw dropper. If you have not watched that, The Family I Had, check it out, because I am definitely want to talk about that with somebody um, on the podcast here pretty soon. Um, there's a new series coming out on Netflix, documentary series called Exhibit A. It's all about the forensic science, and it's also... I believe it's about DNA and forensic science, but also about wrongfully convicted, which looks really interesting. So that's um, starting, I believe, in a couple of weeks here, or maybe in a week on Netflix. Um, and they're also, I'm a big true crime book fan. I don't know if you guys read true crime books or listen to them on Audible. Either one is the same thing to me. But um, there's a couple that I'm really looking forward to, and they're historical crimes that I've always been fascinated with, and I love to read new things about those things. So number one of them that I'm definitely going to read is The Five. It's called The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper. And that looks amazing, and that's um, recently released, so I definitely want to read that one. The other one is the one called The Trial of Lizzie Borden, which supposedly is a very, very researched um, book about Lizzie Borden and uh, a lot going a lot into the trial and how she she was found not guilty, right? So I want to re- read that too, and I'd love to talk to somebody. So I'm not sure exactly who all are readers out there as far as as my um, potential guest hosts, but um, hopefully I'll find a couple and we can do some of that um, uh, discussions on those books. And the last one that just is coming out in July here 
is a movie that there's some controversy around it, but I still want to see it because I think that there's going to be a lot to talk about, both, uh, you know, maybe pro and con, is Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and follows the murders that happened at Sharon Tate's house, right? And Sharon Tate's murder. Um, it looks really interesting, um, different, looks very different. Um, there's a lot of, looks like fictional aspects of it as, um, kind of mingled with the, um, true. But if you think about Quentin Tarantino, he kind of does that, right? He takes something that has a basis in reality and makes it a little bit more dramatic, um, which I understand, but some people I think have problem with that because it is such a tragic case of a young, a lot of young people losing their lives and, uh, in such a horrible way. But, um, but I, I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan. I, I like watching his movies. I'm interested to see what he does with this uh, movie. And afterwards I want to talk about it with somebody and they can, you know, we can criticize it or we can say what we liked about it. I'm not sure if we'll see what happens, but that's going to be really fun. So that is my crime con wrap up and my voice is going <laughs> and I still have to get out <clears throat> the intro to the interview with Jan and Sky, um, Abducted in Plain Sight. So you will have that as well. I'm getting ready to go edit that right now. And um, that will be another episode. It will be a separate episode from this. But it will both be coming out right back to back. So you'll have both of those. So thanks so much for tuning in to my little wrap-up, my little, um, you know, my little review of my travel tales. I don't think I'm going anywhere for a little while. I think I'm going to stay close to home for a little bit because... I love to travel, but man, it takes a lot out of you, doesn't it? There's a, <laughs> there's a whole lot of parts and pieces to traveling, especially to multiple cities. So that was really cool. I know there's other things that are happening. Um, I think uh, Generation Y is doing like a, a London trip. And Aaron says, hey, you're going to go to London. I'm like, I would love to, but there's no way I'm making it to London in July. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going anywhere else this year. Let's put it that way. So... Um, so, yeah, but there's there's things coming to London, uh, Chicago, um, Seattle, I believe there's something coming. But as I get details of those, <clears throat> I'll be putting them out on social media so you guys can check those out if you're close to those areas or want to travel to those areas. That'll be awesome. All right, you guys, have a good one. Be good to one another, and I'll be talking at you real soon. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.